I'm Teresa Steger from the Principal PLN Podcast, a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of the individual hosts. Make sure you check out all the other great podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. And get ready because the learning begins in three, two, one. Welcome back for another episode of the Leader of Learning podcast, the show where educators can come find inspiration to transform education through effective leadership. I'm your host, Dan Krinas. Let's get started. Hey, welcome back, Leaders of Learning, to episode 36. Uh, just a little bit of an update. Uh, the last time that you heard from me before the holidays and at the end of the year 2018, I mentioned that I had taken on a new role, uh, switched schools, new position now as an administrator. So I've been in this position and in this new school for about a month, and it's going really well. Uh, of course, making the shift from being a teacher to an administrator is not necessarily always an easy one, but I've been warmly welcomed, and I've really learned a lot about the school and the staff uh, over the first month that I've been there, and things are great. Now, this episode that I have for you today is going to be a really great one. We're talking about pre-service teachers and edu magic with Dr. Sam Fesich, who has a book by that same title, Edumagic, got published late last year in 2018 by Edumatch Publishing. She's got an amazing message in that book. Even though it's for pre-service teachers, anyone can read it no matter what role you have in education, no matter what your level of expertise is in education, and I think that's what makes the book so special. You'll hear from Dr. Fesich in a minute, but one of the things that I did not share with her that I will with you is, believe it or not, I was never really a pre-service teacher myself in the true sense of the word. I started teaching in New York State under what they call an internship certificate, and long story short, basically my first year as a teacher replaced student teaching experience. I sort of came into education in a non-traditional route, and I never really did the student teaching, and I didn't major in education. Of course, I've gone on to get a couple of master's degrees, and I'm in the midst of a doctorate, but I don't know that I was ever really a pre-service teacher. And so this topic really intrigues me and fascinates me because um, not only do I have an interest in what programs and universities are doing out there to train our newest teachers, but also professors and educators like Dr. Fesich at the higher ed level, what kind of an impact and influence they have on the next generation of teachers. Anyway, I'm really excited for you to hear from her. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Dr. Sam Fesich. All right, I'm here with Dr. Sam Fesich. Sam, thank you so much for joining me. I'm really interested to hear your story and and for you to talk about your book and everything that you've been interested in and, and have been up to recently. But before we get there, of course, if you could, please let us know who you are, where you are, what you do for any listeners who might not already know you. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me on the show, Dan. I'm super pumped for our conversation today. Uh, so I'm Sam Fesich. I am a professor, wow, um, of pre-service teachers at Grove City College, where I work with um, all different education majors in a field of educational technology. So we have a course related to that. Then I also teach coursework related to special education. Yeah, that's so cool. You know, and, and before we hit record here, 
Um, you were actually complimenting me on how many things I have going on in my life right now, but you do too. And, and congratulations on all your success. Thanks. And uh, I know the book is becoming very successful and popular, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But um, I know that you work with pre-service teachers, as you said. And by the way, what, what state are you in? Sure. I'm in Pennsylvania. I'm a little bit north of Pittsburgh. Oh, okay. With okay. an H. Pittsburgh with an I just, H. I wasn't sure. I, I had never heard of that school before. Yeah, it's a small liberal arts school. Now, I guess for me and, and maybe for the benefit of the listeners, uh, to sort of have a frame of reference, let's say, for your experience and your work with pre-service teachers now at the at the uh, higher education level, what, what's your journey been like through the field of education and, and how did that get you to want to work with pre-service teachers? Sure. That's a great question. So I started off in special education. Um, I was a special ed teacher for four years, two as a multiple disabilities teacher um, and two as as kind of like an instructional tech coach at the time for the school. And in the school that I worked at, it was really neat because we worked, it was a school just for kids with disabilities. So it was all um, students five five to 21 um, with all different types of um, needs and strengths and talents. And it was so neat to push in technology um, and work with the students and work with the teachers uh, using technology in meaningful and authentic ways. So we used um, interactive whiteboards at the time. They were rolling ones, so you can move them from class to class. We had um, laptop, like a couple laptop carts. Uh, flip videos were really cool back then, uh, and students created their own news channel where we would broadcast that over morning announcements, which really helped with literacy, speaking skills, um, those types of things. Uh, we also used uh, the Wii gaming system, like the early, like the one that you had to like wait in line for outside Best Buy. Um, so that we, we, uh, gaming system where we did some adaptive gym classes where they would do some bowling just to get that gross motor skills going. Um, and we used lots of different assistive technologies, um, like switches or buttons that would access different controls. And one of my favorite things that I would do um, in my class when I was a multiple disabilities teacher was integrate these assistive technologies. So we um, made a whole Thanksgiving feast uh, for the parents of the students in the class and uh, the students made the dinner. We A lot of the students um, had puree diets. So we pureed all their food and they blended it in the blender using adaptive technology. Um, and we uh, just had a nice meal and we practice social skills and those types of things. Um, and it was a fantastic experience using different types of assistive tech. Um, so special ed was is my heart and I truly love working with students um, in that area. And I also started to really like training teachers and training a, um, adult learners on how to use technology. So about once a week, we would have like a little voluntary PD thing. Hey, if you want to come down and learn how to use XYZ website, you know, we can do that together. Um, and I found that I really liked working with adults as well. And um, at the time, I was getting uh, my master's degree in instructional tech online and found that, you know what, hey, this would be kind of cool because I can start rolling stuff like I had a certification and I can roll that into a master's and I could use that for my PhD work. And I had the opportunity to go uh, get my PhD in learning design and technology and I couldn't pass it up. So my husband and I moved for about three years and got my PhD and 
when it was time to graduate, you know, you're looking online for, for, for jobs. And I found one at Grove City where I had to read the screen twice. I kid you not, because I couldn't believe it was my dream job. It was working with faculty at the higher ed level and pre-service teachers. I was like, what? So I had to apply. And um, that's where I am today. And it's a fantastic, fantastic learning opportunity for me. And I learned with my students each day. And it's really cool. That's really cool. I, I find it pretty fascinating. You know, obviously, I'm in the K to 12 space, not higher ed, but I find it fascinating that that sort of position or, or someone like you exists that you can help out other faculty members with technology and with essentially, you know, bringing the, even instruction in higher ed into the 21st century. I think that's really cool. Uh, getting back to your work with pre-service teachers, I wanted to ask you, what now, looking back, do you wish you knew as a pre-service teacher? Um, that's a great question. I think I'm going to go with, I wish I knew that my opinions and my ideas mattered as a pre-service teacher. Oftentimes when I have them, you know, getting on their, uh, getting on Twitter or getting their digital portfolios ready, some of them feel that they don't have a voice in education because they don't have all that teaching experience. Um, but I, I wish that I knew that I had a voice, I had opinions, and I had really cool ideas, and they mattered, and someone should hear about them. So I I hope that for my for my pre service teachers, that's why I take them to conferences and workshops, and I have them plan an ed camp at our college. I try to empower them as much as they can, so they understand and they have that confidence to have that voice in the field. Yeah, that's really cool. I'm actually going to give a, a shout out right now to a good friend of mine and the host of the House of EdTech podcast, Chris oh, yes. Nessie, because yeah, he um, he had a, a student teacher in the fall and I know he made a, a pretty big deal out of it on his show and he talked mm-hmm. a lot about it. Actually, both shows or, or maybe even just the podcast PD podcast that he has, but um, I thought it was great for someone like him to give a voice to someone who's a student teacher. And essentially, I think what he what he really tried to do and and did a good job at, about it was to, to do like what you were saying, you know, provide a voice and an outlet for mm-hmm. pre-service teachers to say, look, all right, you might not full-fledged be in the profession yet, but this is what you want to do. Let's get started. You're on social media. You're connecting with hundreds, if not thousands of educators already. Right. Like, let's get you into this this game. It is it is so cool. I just love shining that light on them because they have excellent ideas and things that they're learning about and they should be sharing them and have that confidence to do so. It is so cool to hear from a, a young aspiring educator because honestly, as soon as they enter that college class to learn about teaching, they are professional educators. Yeah, I, I used to say like a couple of years ago, I found myself saying to people that even the youngest teachers who were just entering the profession, and, and this goes back a couple of years, um, even the youngest teachers still, when they were in school, weren't exactly learning in the ways that we want teachers to be teaching now. But I think, correct me if I'm wrong or, or tell me what you think about this, I think we're starting to get there. I, generally, generationally speaking, I think those teachers who are starting to come out now, starting to become teachers, um, or I I should say pre-service teachers who are becoming teachers now, I think they're starting to get it more and more. Oh, I I couldn't agree more. I wish I had one of my students on uh, today, RJ Dula. Shout out to him. He and I were talking about just this very thing, how his generation grew up with social media, grew up with um, online tools to create and collaborate. And so they understand that they have that that knowledge and those ideas. So now they're bringing that back to their future classrooms or their field experiences or student teaching. 
where our students are no longer just consumers of content, but now they're they're collaborating and they're creating these amazing things because that generation of teachers have gr- have already grown up with that that idea and that concept. And shout out to their former teachers for instilling that within them. Yeah, I think that makes such a big difference. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think the shift, in, the biggest shift in education, I, dare I say right now, it really should have been a few years ago, I think, is to get students to, instead of just being those consumers, get them to yes. create their content rather than just like absorbing it all from teachers. The Leader of Learning podcast is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. The Education Podcast Network, podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. For more great podcasts, visit edupodcastnetwork.com. The Leader of Learning Podcast is also a proud member of Voice Ed Radio, changing the way you talk about education. To listen to more great education content, please visit voiceed.ca. What are your thoughts in general, let's say, about teacher induction, where we need to improve. I mean, obviously, we just talked a little bit about having our our pre-service teachers and also our students create more, but is there anything else that maybe we should be doing differently or better at that higher ed level? I think providing our pre-service teachers with leadership opportunities and instill that so they can hit the ground running when, they, when they're when they in their first year teaching, they understand what it means to be a leader of learning um, and a lead learner. So one of the ways that we oh, do that- I see that, what you did there. Yeah, I, like I see that. what Thank I did you. there. I'm glad you got it. <laughs> Um, So like one of the ways we do that at our college is we have an ed camp and it's run by students. Um, They volunteer. There's no extra credits, not for a class. They start up the fall um, in the fall semester and our ed camp runs in the spring and they're in charge of everything. All I do is get the room or the building and the date and the times, and they run with everything else. They get into committees for um, email blasts, sponsorships, um, getting breakfast and lunch taken care of, making sure we have enough funding for our mini grants. So they take charge of it and it's all student run. So they do the intro for the day. They run the sessions. They build out the wall. It's amazing. That's great. That's really cool. Again, fascinating that even at the higher ed level, even with students versus teachers, that they're getting into that ed camp format for their quote unquote professional learning. I like that. I like to hear that. I don't know whether that was like your idea or if you had played a little part in it or you totally did it, but I'm going to say congratulations to you and and anyone else at the college who's involved with that, because I think that's really, really cool. I mean, I love ed camps myself as, a, as an educator. So, all right. You got to tell us about Magic for, for the listeners, guys, if you don't know, Dr. Fesich has published a book by Edumatch Publishing, uh, came out late in, in 2018, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. and it's called Ed- Magic. deals with a lot of this stuff, right, with pre-service teachers. Uh, tell us a little bit about the book. Right. So there's a lot um, out there for teachers, uh, practicing teachers, administrators, but there's not too much out there focused just for pre-service teachers. And that's where I feel um, is my superpower. So I was just blessed to be at the right place at the right time where I can shine a light on the amazing things that pre-service teachers are doing day in and day out, whether that be fields or student teaching. And I was able to uh, collect their stories in their own words and share them uh, with a larger audience. Because I thought to myself, you know what? Other people need to hear this. Maybe this will encourage and inspire some other pre-service teachers um, to be educators of excellence in their college career. And that's all the book is about. So EduMagic stands for, it's an acronym. Um, e is educate and engage. So how can you take 
the courses that you're doing, maybe the non-education courses or um, non-courses not related to your major, but really um, make them stand out. So looking at pedagogy and strategies that professors are using and maybe keep a little notebook about the cool stuff that you want to do in your own class. Like whenever I was in grad school, I had a Google Doc of, it was called like stuff I want to do in my future classroom or my future college class. And one of them was... uh, have students sign up to bring one salty snack, one sweet snack, and one healthy snack. I haven't done it yet, but I want to do it. <laughs> um, so keeping a list of strategies or pedagogies or things that you think are really neat that you want to integrate, integrate into your own class. Um, D is digital presence. Oh my gosh, this one's a huge one. And it's so much fun to see them grow and get excited about their digital presence because it's what they own. It's what they're putting out there. And it's little... I call it breadcrumbs of awesomeness through the internet. Whenever they're searched, someone's going to find something cool, professional, and positive about them that, you know, may give them a second look in an interview or may get them um, a first interview. Um, you as the people. Explain, you know, explain oh, digital sorry. presence a little bit. Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. Ex- explain digital presence a little bit. Like you, you mean, you know, connecting on social media, you mean blogging, you mean creating content. What are we talking about? Sure. So I'm all, talking all about the above. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can I choose letter C, all the above? Um, so, <laughs> door number three. <laughs> so what I'm thinking there is uh, digital portfolios, um, LinkedIn, social media, uh, those types of things, whether it be commenting on a on an Edutopia article or commenting on somebody's blog post. So just spreading little things of awesomeness through the internet that people can find you. Um, but the main thing is a digital portfolio, collecting, having a place for all the awesome stuff you're creating in college uh, for your future class classroom and having to having a place to house it and filing it in a place that you can share it out with the world and someone can find. Uh, and then PLN really ties really nicely into that one. So uh, uniting their PLN, finding their tribe or finding their people online to help support, encourage and challenge them um, to become amazing educators. Where was I? E-D-U-M. Megapixels. <laughs> uh, this was a really fun chapter because it's all about like doing um, a little bit extra during um, your college career. So whether that be take on a leadership role um, or join an organization, but being mindful, don't be that kid like at that organization fair that signs up every on every sheet. You know, you have to be mindful of what you're signing up for, making sure that you can truly make an impact in that organization within that group. Um, do you want me to keep going? Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Finish up. All right. So A is always being, it's kind of like my catch-all, like always be a good human type chapter. And it's just like, always be um, intentional, always be thankful and gracious. So like um, what I like to do uh, during the semesters, I'll write out uh, positive notes to every student in my class. And I send that out because everybody likes getting mail, even college kids. And when they check their mailbox, they get the little piece of positive mail, um, whether it be like just a um, a note with a little like mint attached to it saying you're mint to teach, you know, got to get all that. Or whether it be just a voice message. Um, I supervise student teachers. So I try to send them an encouraging message whenever I, before I go out and see them that week, or like, you know what, you guys got this, you planned this really hard. You're going to be great this week. I can't wait to see the amazing things you're going to be doing in your classroom. Um, so just pumping up that positivity. Uh, G is get out. So like get out of your comfort zones, whether that be like go to a conference because, you know, that's pretty cool PD. And I've taken students to conferences where um, principals or administrators will approach them and say, whenever you graduate, you need to contact me because I would love to hire you. And that's amazing because they're like sophomores and they're like, oh, I got to wait two years. Um, I, it's all about 
is inconceivable. It's all about making using technology to make the impossible possible. And it shares stories of pre-service teachers um, and their student teaching using really cool technology to engage students. And the last chapter is C, the co-op gone virtual. And that's one of my favorite chapters because I have I connect in my technologies of instruction class pre-service teachers with educators from around the world in their content area that they want to teach and they create artifacts using technology to support that teacher in their classroom. So it's helping out a pre-service teacher by giving them authentic work. It's helping out a current teacher. They can try out a new technology tool or learn about um, learn about a different way to present material because whenever we all do something a little bit different, different lens to present material. And it helps the students as well. They're the current students that are in that teacher's class just you know, maybe experience something a little bit different. Um, and that's been an amazing way to grow the student's PLN, help their digital presence, because then they're linking back those tools to their portfolios, tweeting them out online, like, hey, check out my um, digital poster using Canva or whatever it may be. And then they can send a little picture, do a couple hashtags. So now they're spreading little breadcrumbs throughout uh, the internet. So that's a little bit about edgy magic. I hope I didn't go too long. No, oh, that's great. That's awesome. I, I, you know, I think when you explained how even though it's really geared for pre-service teachers, the audience can be anyone regardless of their realm in education. And, and that's really, you know, I, I say it on every episode of this podcast as well. Like no matter who you are, where you are, you could be a leader of learning. So Absolutely. Um, you, you referenced leader of learning before. And, you know, if, if you're a pre-service teacher, if you're all the way up to administrator at a building level or, or district level, or even like you in at, at, at higher, higher ed. I think, yeah. I think that's really cool. So, you know, for all my listeners, guys, if you don't have Magic yet or haven't read it yet, definitely check that out. Where do you go from here? Are, are you presenting this? Are you, I mean, I know you're on social media yeah. a lot, but, and I've, and I've heard you on other podcasts and I appreciate you coming on this one, but what, what's next for you? Sure. So yeah, presenting at uh, ISTE with a colleague of mine about uh, virtual co-op. So that'll be really cool. Presenting at a couple of local conferences here in Pennsylvania. And then I'm also starting um, a new book called Edgy Magic First Year with three of my former students who are uh, now practicing teachers, Hannah Turk, Hannah Sansom, and Katie Gibson. And that should be coming out in November 2019. And it's super exciting. So they were all referenced in Edgy Magic at some point. So now to work with them in this new area is going to be so, so cool. Great. Well, all right. So if you live in Pennsylvania or local to Dr. Fessich, check her out. Otherwise, if you're coming to ISTE, I'm not positive if I'll be there yet, but I should be. So hopefully we'll get to meet up there. Um, I've gone to the last two. The problem is, so I told you I just switched uh, to a new school and uh, technically our school hasn't ended yet. Um, at that point, it goes all the way through the end of June. Plus I'm an administrator now and I have to work over the summer. So, um, I gotta, I gotta figure something out to get there. But if I am there, uh, not only am I looking forward to maybe presenting with some buddies of mine on educational podcasting, um, but I'm looking forward to catching up with you and, and listening to your presentation. And, uh, just before we go, if you could tell people, remind people how they can connect with you, where they can find you out there in the, uh, in the digital space. Absolutely. Yeah. I love connecting and learning from, from everyone in my PLN. So please come find me. I'm sfesich.com. That's S as in Sam, F as in Frank, E as in Edward, C as in cat, I as in igloo, C as in cat, H as in hotel.com. And then on Instagram, Twitter at sfesich. So keep it pretty simple. And oh, I just love learning. So please, please, please connect with me. Well, thank you so much for your time. Congratulations again on the first book and good luck with the next one and, and on thank everything you. that you have going on. You're welcome. Thanks a lot.
Thank you. Of course, my thanks again to Sam Fesich for giving me that time and having you guys hear from her about her book, her ideas, her experiences. Uh, again, I'm just really fascinated by that aspect of working with pre-service teachers and training our next generation of educators. If you're not already following Dr. Fesich, if you haven't read her book, definitely check those things out. Of course, for all of the resources on her and her book and everything, you can always find them in the show notes for this episode at leaderoflearning.com slash episode 36. And before we go, I mentioned this last episode I know how many of you guys are listening, and I really appreciate my loyal listeners very much. I haven't heard from some of them in a while. This show is growing by leaps and bounds every episode. I'd love to hear from you. Reach out to me on social media. Send me an email, dan at leaderoflearning.com. I would love for you to leave a rating and review on iTunes or any other podcast subscriber that you listen to. I haven't gotten one of those ratings in a while, and I would just really love to hear from my listeners at some point. But thank you from the bottom of my heart again for listening. I hope you enjoyed. Well, that's a wrap on this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't done so yet, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite way to listen. Also, if you like what you heard, Please recommend this podcast to other educators, leaders, friends, or anyone you think would love listening and learning. And don't hesitate to leave a positive review on iTunes or whatever service you use to listen. For more information, head over to leaderoflearning.com. There you can also find the Leader of Learning blog, ways to connect on social media such as Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Boxer, sign up for our newsletter, and even how to purchase Leader of Learning merchandise. Thanks again, and remember, no matter who you are or where you are, you too can be a leader of learning. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.